Welcome to another episode of How to Sell Your Coaching with your host, the Coach's Coach, Wayne Sutton. We invite you to listen, enjoy, and implement these proven methods in your business today. Hey guys and gals, welcome to another episode, How to Sell Your Coaching with Wayne Sutton. I am here with just uh, an amazing person when it comes to sales, persuasion, influence. Uh, And you know, I'm not one guys to give a long introduction other than take notes, take notes. Now I will say, Alicia, you go against the grain a little bit with some of my past guests, some of the people that, you know, are doing sales today. And I love that about you. But you don't go against the grain just to go against the grain. You're actually bringing results. So I want to say thanks for jumping on board, Alicia, and um, being part of our community today. Thank you so much for having me, Wayne. I'm so excited to to talk through this with you. Good, good, awesome, awesome. We well, are talking one thing that I love more than anything, probably. In it's really a toss up, coaching and and really consultant work and sales. They're both like my love language. And I believe they both come together very well. Um, you can't I always tell people selling is love. If you truly believe you're serving someone, you're showing love by taking their payment. I mean, mm-hmm. by selling them a service or product, period. Yeah. Um, but you have definitely, um, I know inside the circle of sales, some things that you teach are a little bit different. Do you mind sharing what's a little bit about you and, and what you do? Yeah. So I'm a sales and marketing coach. I sold um, for corporate for about 10 years and then I got tired of them not delivering on client promises, which is pretty typical for corporate. And uh, I opened my own digital agency and really dove into the marketing world, but, um, you know, wasn't happy because I was working all the time. So now I do sales and marketing coaching and they both play very well together and a lot of times are siloed out. Um, And after getting into the online entrepreneur space, I found like this whole way of selling that was like very pain driven, like we were talking about before. Um, And I mean, and like silence driven and awkward and uncomfortable. And I'd never heard about that before. And if it works for you, keep doing it. That's my number one um, thing is look at the results. But a lot of people are doing it and not getting results and feel weird while they're doing it. So if you're not getting results, stop. Like they feel like I'm not implementing it correctly. It must be me. No, no. It's just that you need a different approach and that's, <laughs> that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You said earlier selling with hope instead of pain. And I love that. Um, I think a lot of times people are trying to sell to the wrong audience. They're trying to sell the wrong product to the wrong audience. You know, I'd never have a problem selling any of my daughters ice cream, cookies. <laughs> I don't have to sell that because it's the right audience with the right product. Now, I know when we get into the corporate world or business world, we're trying to sell somebody something they may need, but they don't know they need it. Or maybe they're just resistant because every other salesperson before them were jerks and rude and pushy. And we got to overcome that. So sell them with hope instead of pain. Do you mind taking a few minutes and sharing with us your thoughts on that? Yeah. So, I mean, in my experience, people buy more when they feel good than when they feel bad. So the whole pain thing is like really just dragging someone through the mud of their bad decisions up to this point and what their life's going to look like if they continue on in this kind of thing. And I think it's important to talk about where they've been and what they experienced and, you know, the 
what they wish was different about it, but also like what they liked about what happened and then moving them to the other side. Well, that, you know, let's not live in the fact that some bad decisions were made. They were learning experiences and now life's going to be fantastic. So it's going to be great. Like this is what it's going to look like. So it's just not living there. Like that's information you need to know just because you need to know what experience they had so you can position yourself as a different experience than that. But it's not, it's more about focusing on how great things are going to be now that we found each other, if it's a fit. Absolutely love that. So when you sell with hope instead of pain, I always tell people there's no matter how great of a salesperson you are, I work with coaches and they're doing consultative selling. So we're listening to a person, see if we can help. But if you're on five sales calls and you sell one, two or three, that's great. But there's three or two or four you're not selling. And how do you feel when you get off the phone? And how did you leave that person? Did you leave that person with some hope? Uh, I believe in giving hope because I believe in the law of reciprocity. If I give hope to somebody, they love that feeling. I'm the one salesperson that made them feel good. Hey, I've had people call me back and go, hey, Wayne, I just keep thinking about what you said. Let's let's get started. Let's roll. Let's do this. Um, do you think there is a time for pain or I'm just going to challenge yeah. you for a second? Yeah. So, I mean, if they're really hesitant to move forward and they are a good fit, um, a lot of times there are cases where somebody's just really scared of doing anything. It can mm-hmm. feel safer to do nothing, um, even though it's not safer to do nothing. That's the only thing that is a guarantee. Yeah. Uh, you're guaranteed to be in exactly the same spot. So that's when I kind of use a little more pain. It's like, well, do you have an alternative plan? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, what are you going to do if you don't do this? Yeah. You're like, you know, in so many words, like, what is life going to look like if you don't do this? Because I, the thing that I don't want is for you to still be struggling. So it's kind of like being able to call someone out on the fact that they're making a choice to to still continue on in this challenging situation, even though they want out of it. So that's good. That's good. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, if you look, so we're talking about selling from business to business or business to consumer. But if you look at something like a doctor, you know, the doctor says, hey, you've got this condition. They may need to turn up the pain a little bit or show what other if you don't take this. So if you don't have the surgery or you don't do this, if you don't change your health you know, habits, how's that going to look? Exactly. You're you're going to start experiencing breathing issues and sleeping issues. And I just want to warn you what's coming. That's right. So how is that going to look? Helps them paint a picture in their own mind of, hey, I need to do something a little bit different here. Um, I was working with a client and I could I could tell they were on the edge of saying yes. They were like, Wayne, I am so afraid. I know I need this coaching program. I know I need it, but I'm so scared. And um what you said earlier, so how's it look? You know, this phone call ends either A, we're onboarding you and this is how that looks for our coaching, where you hang up and go, I got to keep looking. And you go back into the same process. Which option's better for you to make a good decision or to keep looking? And so there was a little bit of pain there, but I still painted the hope of what it was going to look like to work with us. And I think that's where things are different um, Absolutely. With, with your methodology, because I have, again, back to the pain selling model. I do believe in consultative, I say consultative, really getting into the yeah. the the criteria, elicitating the criteria of what's important to them, why. And, and sometimes that'll bring up painful emotions. Mm-hmm. It really will. 
But then you've got to have a solution for that. If you bring up pain and don't offer a solution, you're a bad person. It's like having a movie. You, know, you watch this movie and you're waiting for this great ending. Uh, my wife's the first one at the end of the movie. She'll say, I just spent two hours of my life and that's how it ended. Why didn't they show this? You know, she wants a happy ending. Me too, um, man. I, I think there's enough pain. And everyone's like, but it's realistic. I'm like, I mean, I think that we all live in the real world. So there's enough of that not happy endings. Like I just would like a happy ending always. Yeah, that's amazing. That's good. That's good. I want to, um, I know if while we're talking here, I wanted to share people real quick. They can get your information um, at your website and I want them to be able to grab a hold of that. She's got a giveaway immediately when more business avoiding these six sneaky sales mistakes. So I love that. I went and checked it out, which is why we're on this interview today. So definitely check her out and find out more about that. So somebody comes to you with maybe no sales experience. You know, they're just getting in sales and they have no clue what they're doing. Or somebody that comes to you with, like me, with decades of sales experience. How do you approach that differently? Do you still kind of have the same formula you help people with? Or how do you work with people and making sure they're getting the best out of their, you know, their career? Yeah. So I'm a very custom person. Uh, I'm all about having a sales process that fits your personality, product, and audience. So if it's somebody who's brand new to sales, they need to shift their mindset. What people don't realize is they're selling all the time. So the only reason that they sound different on a sales call is because there's an exchange of money happening and they're usually scared of the rejection. Like this other person has a bunch of power over them or something. And like they need to like persuade them or convince them or something. And it's really about them convincing themselves. So like if you're going to sell your wife on something, you're going to sell her on what's in it for her. Right. Sure. Yeah, yeah I'm gonna talk about what's in it for you. And so many people just talk about themselves so much on a sales conversation. And then like nobody cares. They care about themselves. So I would start with like that laying that basic foundation that they already have, but don't even realize. Um, and with somebody with decades of experience, you can really get into more advanced tweaking because it depends on what type of person you're talking to. Also, you got to be really sales is about being agile. And you become agile when you've done it enough times that you can just like dodge and weave and take this direction and know when you hear certain cues to dig in there and and that kind of thing that just comes with like having had that experience enough times yeah. that you're like, oh, I've been down this road. Let me do <laughs> this pop right here, you know? Yeah, and I think that goes back to, uh, I love, um, you know, we're living in a COVID world at the time of this recording and, you know, a lot of calls are now this, Zoom. Uh, I love Zoom though because I can see that person. You can see when you're when you're asking questions. You can see the body language. You have to learn body language. I think is extremely important in sales. Uh, I've worked with people that did not have a clue. They just kept pitching, 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 pitching. Yeah. pitching. The person's moving further away. And then those people that you naturally want to work with, and because they know how to listen, they do show empathy, they do care, and they still guide you towards the goal post. Um, very important. So you mentioned earlier, um, I think it was before we actually started recording, we were talking about um, the having that empathy. How to explain what yeah. you mean by that. So um, I have a little spin on it. It's authoritative empathy. Um, basically, people, when they feel understood, they feel like you. if you understand them, then you can help them. Yeah. So if they don't feel understood, it, there's not that same trust that you actually know what's going on in my situation. So I found since um, 
you know, really getting into this, a lot of people don't even know what empathy is, uh, mm. which kind of shocked me. It is not me too. It's not, oh, me too. Yeah, I did that too. Oh, I love that too. That is not uh, empathy. That is a sales gimmick that feels gimmicky. That's exactly um, right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so empathy is really like being able to put yourself in someone else's shoes and express what it would be like if you were in that situation. So like, oh, that would be really frustrating. I bet it would feel like, you know, you just tried all the options and there was nothing less left. So it's a little hopeless. Like you're able to expand and get some insight into it beyond just like parroting them back or saying me too. Yeah. I'm glad you said that because the parroting, parroting back is what a lot of people do or Hey, me too. Exactly. I understand how you feel. A lot of times you don't know how to feel or they don't want you to know. They don't want you to be like one up in them. Right. That was bad, Alicia. You should see what happened to me. Right. Um, And you're right with that authority by asking the right questions. And I always tell people the more questions you ask, the better. Just, yeah. So the authority part is actually moving them past the empathy. So like you express that and then it's like it really ties into that hope thing. So it's like I understand. um, I can imagine that that would be really frustrating because you're paying all this money and this person isn't responding to you. And you're like, what am I paying for? Are they even doing anything? And they're like, yes, exactly. And then you're like, yeah. So that's why we focus on having one meeting a week to make sure that, you know, we are up to date on all communication. So it's layering them together. It's like moving them towards i understand how it was and like that's why we are going to do it like this that's really great yeah Yeah. so showing them showing them the other side you know you're in hell we're going to get you to heaven (laughs) it really is Uh, i was telling somebody this week too and i'm sure you've run into this um that empathy learning to ask the question first though or learning to hear instead of just giving a benefit. Sometimes we give a benefit or what we think is a benefit and the other person's like, oh, I don't want that. Oh, I don't care about that. Yeah. And and then maybe you even brought up an objection you created because you assumed this is what they want. Instead of saying, that's a great point. Tell me more about that. Can you share more about this? Paint a picture about how that is working in your life. Because we try to, oh, I have a solution. And maybe they don't even need a solution for that. They're just venting. Sometimes my wife, I'll say, are you venting right now or do you want a solution? Martin. My husband or a coach? Because I can Martin. read the one. Yeah. Not, that is like a, a main difference between men and women is they do just like venting. And and sometimes that empathy is just all they want to hear. It's like, yeah, that sucks. It does, <laughs> you know? Um, but yeah. on a sales call, it's like, I'm not here to just, you know, have you vent at me? We need to get to the other side. The other side, sure. Yeah. And I think that it goes back to even people giving a price objection. You know, I, I'll tell people the first time somebody objects to the price, it may not be an objection, could be a statement. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow, you're coaching this. How much? That's really expensive. Instead of jumping in and trying to resell it, okay. And here's how, you know, that is the price based on the value we're going to bring. And here's how that looks. Okay. They stated it. I think my new iPhone was expensive and stupid investment. But guess what? I was there the day it came out to get it. (laughs) My car was expensive, but guess what? I love driving it. So just because something is expensive in their mind doesn't mean it's a no. Sometimes it's simply a statement. I always like to ask expensive compared to what? 
According to what? That's very yeah. <laughs> the reference point is real is often just very strange that they're using as a reference. Yeah, I, I, I use that a lot too, and tell people, you know, expensive is just a word. My wife thinks six dollars a gallon for organic milk is fair. I think it's expensive. Yeah. My wife thought eighty two hundred to go to Disney was expensive. I thought it it was was fair. I thought it was expensive. That sounds expensive. Yeah, it is expensive. <laughs> She's wrong. But the point is, the price is it's a number. But you're right. According to what? According to whom? You know, and that's yeah. a great question. A lot of times, like um, they'll be comparing it to. Like, for example, they, they'll they say that your coaching is expensive, but like college isn't. <laughs> well, so I'm glad you said that. Can we jump on that? Sometimes a lot of our coaches are listening to this. Salespeople sometimes learn to change the word. So I worked with a coach for a number of years and she said, listen, quit calling it our enrollment fee or an investment. You know, it's tuition. Oh, changed it to tuition your six month tuition package is and it immediately shifted to a educational mindset okay college was 30,000 last semester this is only 5,000 this is a great deal so just a simple word like that i love that if you're if you're providing educational value so just a thought so yeah. <laughs> great yeah. Sales is not a dirty word, guys. If you're just coming on board with us, Alicia, Bar, I love this. I love talking about sales. I'm trying to keep this under 45 minutes because I could talk all day on. We're 17 minutes in, so we're good. Okay. But I really do love this. Now, one of the things we talked about earlier um, was, and I, I'm excited to hear your take on it, is how to avoid the friend zone. Oh my gosh. Yeah. This is so common. So people, if you find yourself being like, oh, we had a great conversation. I'm sure that they're going to move forward. And then they ghost you or they say no or whatever. Like it happens all the time. Um, it's usually because you guys had a great conversation that was like mostly rapport. Like y'all were just shooting the shit forever. Yep. You know, you talked about your grandma and where she was from and what their favorite pancake is. And, you know, you had so much in common and it was a fantastic conversation and they have no idea what you do and why they should work with you. Um, or maybe that was like a really small part of the conversation. So you didn't uncover like what their challenges are, what their goals are, you know, what they've tried before and didn't let you didn't uncover the information necessary for articulating or communicating how you are a better solution comparatively. So um, you got friend zoned. Uh, for, I always mm -hmm. say rapport should not last any longer than five minutes. You say that again. Say that it's worth, that's worth stating. Oh, uh, I say rapport should not last longer than five minutes. Okay, great. I, wonder, I knew this what you said, but I want somebody else to hear that because there's, yeah, because when you build the rapport, then you need to get into the, uh, what I call connection questions. Uh, we do want to connect, but connect with a purpose. Yes. Like yeah. not just because we're getting along. Yeah. A, a number of years ago, I, I sold insurance and I would go and I had a friend that would go with me and he could open rapport and stay on rapport. But at the end, when they said, you know, I love this insurance policy, but I just really can't afford it. He got, oh, I understand. He felt bad for him. They were best friends, but we left without a policy. They left without coverage. And I finally said, hey, guys. You're doing great. I learned a lot from him. I really learned how to build rapport. But I said, when I open the laptop, zip it. <laughs> Let me jump in at this point because you really do need to um, connect 
beyond the rapport. Let me ask you, is there a rapport secret that you would give some? I want to come back to the friend zone, but is there a rapport secret that you would give somebody? Yeah, I would say, please don't talk about the weather. God, <laughs> everybody's tired of talking about it. No one wants to hear about it. Um, I really like to talk about things that are genuinely interesting. So to me, so a lot of people, um, you know, salespeople. Let's role play. Let's role play. Can we? Uh, sure. Ring, ring. I'm calling. I got you. Got an appointment with me. Let's just. I love having fun. This is. This is. We're going to okay. share. Okay. okay. Hello. This is Wayne. Hi, Wayne. Hi. Hello? How are you? Wait. Who's the seller? I'm the seller. You're the seller. You'll be the seller. Yeah. You got to build rapport with me. Okay. Hey, Wayne. How are you? I'm doing great. Doing great. Yeah. What? What time is it over there? Uh, it's four sixteen right now. Four sixteen. Oh. You're winding, almost over. Almost over. Yeah, you're winding up the day. Yes, um, yes. What do you got to look forward to tonight? Oh, wow. So my mother-in-law's in, which is great. Love my mother-in-law. So I'm hoping that we're just going to have a good dinner and just, yeah, just enjoy some time with the family. Well, that's pretty lucky. Not a lot of people love their mother-in-laws. No, most people don't. Most people don't. And I'm not just saying this because she might see this one. I really do love her. So. <laughs> but... <laughs> You're both really lucky. I actually really like my mother-in-law too. That's awesome. Yeah, it's it's really. I know people who don't have that situation, so I feel like very grateful for That's it. Good. Yeah. That's yeah. Good. All right. Well, I um wanting you know respect your time. So da 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 da. Love it, love it. And see, I do something very. I do it a little bit different. I don't talk about the weather. I totally agree with you because you automatically can place them into a negative mode. Oh yeah, if it's bad weather. Bad weather. Oh, it sucks here. I'm, you're calling. You know, you're calling Syracuse. It's been raining. Yeah. You know, and, and oh, where are you, Wayne? Oh, I'm at the beach. And I'm like, yeah, screw yeah. you. You know, um, something I've learned years and years ago, and and I'm not saying this is the perfect rapport building, but I use it a lot. Is just really jumping into if I'm doing phone. Zoom's a little bit different, but if I'm doing a phone call, the first thing I'll know I'll start with is where do you live. Is that home? How'd you end up there? So, hey, I noticed your phone number is yeah, whatever. So, where is it? I'm I'm trying to guess. I'm out of guesses. I didn't Google you. Where are you located? Bam, they tell you. And then, oh, really? Is that home, or did you move there? Yeah, I'm curious. I really am curious about different parts of the country. Yeah, I like that conversation. I love travel too. So, yeah. so where are you from, Alicia? I'm just curious. I'm from Texas. So, what part? Dallas, Fort Worth, Houston. Uh, I grew up in Houston, and then I lived in Austin for a while, and then now I've moved to Denver from Austin. Denver, Denver. Where's that? That geographical. I'm just curious. Colorado. Oh, Denver. I thought you were in Texas. Oh, I'm sorry, Denver, Colorado. So I'm like in Denver, Texas. Where's yeah, that? Yeah, I don't think so. Oh, what? What made you move to Colorado? It had to be love or money. That's why everybody moves. Love or money. The mountains. So the love of the mountains, also. Yeah, Texas is real flat. Yeah, yeah, I'm in North Carolina, so I get it. So yeah. um, that's really interesting. This is how I normally start a sales call, and people yeah. have said, "What are you talking about?" I'm talking, and I can tell this is back to having you've got to have that flexibility of behavior. If they're like uh, Denver, Colorado, who are you? They don't want it. They don't want a sales talk. Yeah, they don't. Yeah, they don't want to talk about it. I like talking. I do like the the location, and then. It's fun to talk about like food a lot. Like, what'd you have for lunch? Like, what'd you have for dinner? If it's right after, or share something about yourself. I just got done running. It sucked. Do you run? 
That's a great one. That's a great one too. And also in the business industry, um, I see I see that you're in the sales industry. Uh, Alicia, how long have you been in that? What got you into that industry? How yeah. long have you been into it? What you got into it? Because I learned a long time ago, people start a sales call with one or two emotions. Resistance. What are you trying to sell me? Who yeah. are you? You're mean or happy. Hey, I'm a loner and I get to talk to somebody somewhere in between. <laughs> if we can get somebody talking to hear their own voice is the most comfortable voice there is. So to have you asking, you know, where are you from is a quick answer. Oh, how did you end up there? What took you there? Love or money? You know, and get laughing. The more they talk, the more they go to at least a neutral spot. Well, and it's more interesting for both of you because they're tired of having the same conversation, too. So I always love to be able to learn something from from the person I'm talking to. So like, you know, you can take visual cues from Zoom, too. Like um, a guy had an octopus in his background once and then he told me all about how crazy octopuses are. And they're like, you know, theory, they're aliens from another planet. And I mean, I was just like blown away that there's all this stuff they can change. It happens to be my favorite animal. Or I don't even know what you call it. It really is. Octopus is one of my favorites. So that's the same reasons. It's just they're unique. So we can yeah. talk about that now. You're right. So so there or COVID is the time of shows. What shows you watch? And I'm looking for some new shows. I'm excited about watching this show. I just finished The Last Kingdom, so I don't know what I'm going to watch later tonight. Me and my wife have thought about looking at it. We hadn't started it yet. So I'm being real. So this is yeah. a great conversation. And that's that I think you're right because now I have you have lowered resistance, built commonality. And then when you move into the sales present the you know, what was it, Alicia, that caught your attention or captured your curiosity that made you reach out today? Or whatever your whatever your next pitch is, whatever your line into the presentation, you know. Um, I think that's real important. So now you've got me curious about Netflix. You got me thinking about food. I'm not going to run because I'm not a runner. So I think it like really sets the stage that like we're just two people. I'm not like this gross salesperson trying to like steal your money. I, I watch shows. I run. I eat. Like so do you. We're just two people. So how do you take it from the? So that's a great point. And I, I totally agree because I do the same thing. I want to start with where that was the location. What brought you there? What kind of business? How'd you get in that business? Um, and I'm listening. You're right. Because the more they talk, the more you'll pick up on, oh, you like octopuses too. Oh, great. <laughs> um, and so you're listening for that commonality. But then also there's people that will cut you short. I will say 20% of them will cut you short. Um, what have you got? What are you doing? And then I'm going to jump into the what is it that caught your attention, made you curious, whatever. But another thing is using that, that's more of a peer-to-peer -peer where people Mm -hmm. and you, but then there is a place where you move into that authority that, you know, I teach right. it as the dominant peer of subordinate. And you've got to really move in the dominant to close the sale uh, or get them to convince their self they want to work with you. So that's awesome. How to avoid the friend zone. I said I was going to circle back to that. I yeah. love you, Alicia. This is the best phone call I've ever been on. By the, but I don't know what you're selling, but I'm really broke. Uh, I don't have any money. Um, how do you get people out of the friend zone into that place of... Well, we if I'm really broken out of money, I'd be like, well, what what inspired you to make the call today? Like, what, <laughs> what were you looking for? Looking a friend or you really want to? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, is there a reason that you're in this situation? Are you trying to get out of this situation? Like what happened? Um, what skills do you have? How can we? I really just the mindset that I try to go to any sales call with is like, 
I'm excited to dig in and uncover what's yeah. going on. And if I can help, like if it's something that I actually solve, then it just naturally happens. But yeah. I, most salespeople are like looking for the first opportunity to jump and sell something like by, based on what they said. Kind of like you were saying, they assume like, oh, good, here's my spot. And they just are like. Yeah. Uh, pr premature presentations are embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you don't know enough yet. You got to keep keep it in your mind for later. And, uh, you know, maybe say a, a little bit about it. Like I'll get into more of that. Oh, that's great. That's something that we um, actually really take care of. I'll tell you about that more in a, in a minute, though. You know, what about this? No, I love that. So, you know, Alicia, that's a great point you brought up. We're going to I'm definitely going to address that in, in about eight minutes. You just created an open loop. You're talking about Netflix. You're talking about shows. An open loop is what happened next. You know, they open up a loop and then it goes to another scene. I'll cover that in about the next eight or 10 minutes. Unconsciously, they're going, okay, what's he going to say? Yeah. And then you can move on. But one thing that's really, um, I, I literally have on my desk a, a note that says, Premature presentations. Because it's so easy for a man, at least, to want to bring the solution. Yeah. And so what I need to do is take notes instead and listen to early and then go back to that. Hey, Alicia, earlier you said, earlier you said this, da, 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 da. Will you paint me a picture around that? Can you share a little more? And that may go into pain. I know we're not trying to go pain, but we also may go into hope. Well, right. if it starts in pain, you can always take pain to hope. That's exactly you right. Talk about it a little bit. Like, of course, you're here because something's not going well. You're in pain. <laughs> you know? That's right. That's right. And even I tell people that somebody said, well, if somebody goes buys a brand new sports car, they're not in pain. Yeah, they are. They don't have the intention they want. There's something they're not getting. Just give them the hope. Give them the car. Give them the you know, give them what they're looking for. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think that's that's a good way to avoid the friend zone is to move into uh we're going to cover that and then have that authority, as you said, that authority to go and cover it and hit another point. Well, and a good way to get out a rapport too is often like, I want to respect your time, or I could tell we could talk forever, but uh, you know, I want to respect your time. Like, so let's let's get into it. Let's see how I can help you. Um, what's going on? Like what what inspired you to reach out? Yeah, and I think that's done with respect. I want to respect your time. And uh, hey, listen, I could talk about this all day long. Um, and so let's look at why you did call or let's look at why we're talking together. And that's a difference than I'll tell you one of the rudest um, I got. And so, guys, if you're using this, stop. I got on a call with another coach that was going to help me in one area. Mm -hmm. And he said he was very polite in the beginning. But he said, Wayne, here's how this call is going to go. Yeah. I'm going to give this. And at the end, I want a yes or a no, but not a maybe. And then he gave an analogy. Yeah. Like we went outside, Wayne, and your car didn't start. You wouldn't call. You wouldn't wait to think about calling a tow truck driver. You would call the tow truck driver. Uh. So can you promise me or yes or no at the end of the call? And I said, actually, if my car didn't start, and I was messing with him. I said, man, if my car didn't start, you know what I would do? I'd jump in my wife's car or my other car. I mean, I'd really, you know, it wouldn't hold my day up like you're talking about. I actually may make it take time to decide which dealerships want to work at. It should have trade the car. You know, I don't want a car to break down on me. Maybe. So, no, I'm not going to give you a yes or no. At the end of the call, I'm going to give you a polite no now. Yeah. You're not the kind of person I choose to work with. And he was like flabbergasted, cuss me out. I'm like, who that? What? I'm not. Okay, no, you asked for it. I just say me and you both 30 minutes. I don't you to work, yeah, I don't choose to work with people like this. But it messed up his script. 
he messed yeah. up his little script. He was waiting for me to go, yes, I promise. So at the end, I could say, he said, oh, my Wayne, you told me earlier. You got to blow through those kind of people. And if you're one of those people selling, shame on you. Change. Yeah. He probably can't help it. Somebody gave him a script and said, this is what you have to do. And so he feels weird as hell doing it, but he's doing it anyway. And it probably is rubbing everybody else the wrong way. But he's like, this is what that person who sold seven figures said to do. Oh, yeah. Seven figure script. To download my free seven figure script. Mm -hmm. People buy the same script that everybody's changed two words on. And um, yeah. you know, one of my former uh, sales positions, I would start with, hey, I want to say thank you for jumping on the call. I'm going to share with you this, this, and this. At the end, I will ask you to make a decision. And um, that felt icky, too. It really felt icky. I mean, well, what's, I the price? Like what's the price, Wayne? We'll get to that later. I just feel like it, like, obviously, uh, we all know you're going to ask for a decision at the end. So it's like this, uh, they call it the pre-contract. Um, oh, like yeah. the Sandler method way where you're like, look, this is how it's going to go. I'm going to ask you some questions and you're going to ask me some questions. And then we're going to talk about whether we move forward. And if we don't, then I'll politely point you in the right direction or whatever. And it's like, Hey, we've all been on a sales call. I feel like that's just like alerting a red flag in their mind that like, this is us. Now the sales call has begun. Yeah. And, and I've actually heard trainers, not you, but other trainers that said, Make that very clear. Okay, this is the presentation. This is this is how we're going to help you. And you're right. We're all adults. In fact, one of the things I've said, Alicia, that helps a lot is, listen, Alicia, we're both adults. Let's have an adult-adult conversation. We'll lay all of the BS aside. We'll lay all of the sales scripts aside. Can we just talk? And I've asked them, can we lay aside everything except how we can help you or not? And let's just have a conversation. And they're like, oh, I feel so relieved. And I still have an outline. I still have an outline of structure to lead to the sale. But if I can't help them, then we're going to have a conversation. And that's it. So, Yeah, I'm all about frameworks. So you can't stick to a script exactly. And then also, if you're doing something that feels weird to you, it feels weird to your prospect. <laughs> Such as the... Give the price and shut up and say nothing else. The first one that speaks loses. That always is so awkward. I, I never heard that until I was in this online space. And it's like, hello. Yeah, you still there? You still there? So yeah, I don't I don't do that at all. I, I give a price. Here's what our fee is, or here's what the tuition is, or whatever. And here's how it looks. And then I go into your onboarding call and I'm painting an image of our next step. Da, 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 da. And I go through and paint a small image of how it's going to look to work together. And then I may go back to, is there anything else you need to know? Or is this possibly something that could work for you? And I'm just very easy on that. I like that format. I also like to just say, like, do you have access to those funds? Like, I want to have a conversation. They're having a conversation in their head. And I want to be part of that conversation. So if it's like, well, yeah, but maybe I'd have to move it from. Da, da, da. Well, let's talk it through. What do you what else are you doing? Like, what else is it? are you spending on like that? No, I, that's really good. So I've, I've had that, especially when you get into higher ticket, five, eight, $20,000 programs. Oh, wow. I really did not expect it to be that much. Oh, wow. I really don't have those funds available. Great. Uh, one of the things about being a coach is being resourceful. Let's be resourceful. So how can, let's lay aside. And I've even said before, let's lay aside the money. Okay. It's $20,000 Alicia. Let's lay that aside for a moment. And let's focus in on how we can get you started. The money will take care of itself. Have you ever had something? In the, yeah. Have you ever had something in the past that you didn't have? It was going to handle. You just took care of itself. Yeah. The money will take care of itself. Now that could be a home equity loan. It, 
maybe let's lendingtree.com or let's let's try to find the funds or financing too friends yeah, <laughs> yeah good friends or not but <laughs> it reminds me of like one of the other things i really hate that people do is they say before they'll tell you the price they'll be like before i tell you the price <laughs> is there any reason that you would not move forward with this if price was not an object and it's like that's so see-through they just say like whatever to get because they need to learn the price Yes, yes, yes. I'm, I'm, I'm really. If somebody asks me the price up front, I really. It kind of goes on my mood and my mode that day. They ask me for the price up front. A lot of times, I'll give it to them, um, if I know. And it's sometimes consultative selling, we may have different programs. Um, if I know, hey, you were on the phone about this. This is the price. I'll say, listen, let's handle that up front. So. Because I've been where you're at, Alicia, sitting on these calls going, what's it going to cost? What's it going to cost? Right. If we go ahead and handle that up front, then we can focus on how we can help you. Does that sound fair? Boom. Here's the price. Or I will say, I'll promise you we're going to cover the financing, the price, the tuition, whatever. Um, in just a moment, can I ask you a few questions first? Yeah. And listen. Usually the, the direction I go is like, well, I really want to make sure it's a fit first. I'm definitely going to cover investment. But I just need to know a couple things. That's right. Yeah. I was on a call the other day with a gentleman. He said, uh, do you have any questions before we get started? And I said, yeah, what's the price? You know, I'm kind of sold on you. I saw your webinar. I kind of sold. What's the price? And he said, it's $5,800. And you can do that in one payment or two payments of 3 k um, Now, can we do you need more questions or should we move forward and let's look at your business? I'm like, I like that. Yeah. I like that confidence of it. It's just like, hey. It's confidence, cool. yeah. The, the the truth is, if like you can't afford it, then we shouldn't have this conversation. So that is the truth. And also, I think it also kind of goes back to the warm up before the call. You know, if you cold call somebody and they're like, somebody's cold calling, they're well, who is this? How much is it? Fifty eight hundred. Oh, you're crazy. Right. But if they followed you for two years, they're listening to your podcast. They really love you. And like, I'll find the money. How do we make it work? Yeah, I think it's going back to you mentioned movies as an old movie. I'm going to date myself here. The Saint with Val Kilmer and Elizabeth Shue. Uh, that's I who remember I remember that movie. I remember her in that movie. But one thing I really picked up from him was flexibility of behavior. And that really was he could become who he needed to become. But he did it based upon the current mode of the person in front of him. You know, yeah. Well, yeah. that's what a really good salesperson does is they are able to pick up on what's important to the other person and what their intention is. So if they're just trying to call to get the price as a cold call. Yeah. But like my friend the other day, she called somebody about a program and she was like, hey, man, I know you probably got a script, but I'm pretty much sold on this thing. And I just got a couple questions. And he wouldn't let her. He had to walk her through the whole thing. And like if somebody said that to me, I would be like, OK. But if they were like not saying I'm pretty much sold on this and I have a few questions, if they would just straight out were like, I just signed up for this thing. What's the price? I'd be like, oh, well, that's crappy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so that goes back to I know most of our people on here are coaches, consultants. Have your pregame worked up have, as much as you can. Some people are still going to get on the phone and not have a clue who you are or you're going to meet them face to face. When I used to sell insurance, most of it was lead generated and then I went and met them. But also not on doors. I mean, I did it all. It was wow. that is so, the best sales training. The very best is knock on a door. And if you don't get mugged, um, solicited, or you know, shot, 
you'll become a great salesperson. Wait, what was the weirdest thing that ever happened to you when someone answered the door? Oh my goodness. Okay. I love these stories. So, so there's two, there's two things that have happened. One was a gentleman walked in literally with a pistol in his hand and he said, get the F off of my loan. And I'm like, yes, sir. My apologies. <laughs> and I didn't tell him who I was. Here's my business card. I left. It was a little shady of an area. And I knew that the second weirdest thing was I was in an apartment complex, knocked on the door and the lady came to the door. We used lady as a, just giving her the benefit of the doubt. She was definitely female. I don't think there was any lady like about her, but she comes to the door. Um, she had clothes on, but barely. And I'm like, Hey, I'm with the group. Here's my business card, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, yeah, come on in. And I'm like, it, I don't, I, I was just going to let you see if you needed anything. And she was like, are you really here for that? Or are you here for something else? Whoa, I, mean, whoa. I really think she was a prostitute that thought I was. Oh, you think she was? That was her. I must have did the secret knock or something or something. I don't know. <laughs> but it was like, oh, you. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Now, inside the home, not that house, I did not go in, <laughs> but inside the home on other situations, um, I was almost, I was almost mugged once. Um, wow. Yeah, I was almost robbed and I had to, um, you know, they asked me, said, why do you think you're going to get out of this house without us taking what's in that briefcase? And it was three of them. There was one of me and I had no weapon on me, but I was like, let me share with you why. And the whole back to flexibility behavior, I had to really stand my ground and prayerfully get out. So I'm praying and being tough at the same time. Um, but I got out. And then wow. the other time I, I was, no idea how to deal with that one. I think it's just like because you guys aren't bad people. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, because you're so nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's, it's just a different, you know, it's a different world when you do door to door sales. It really is, but it does teach you. It does oh, teach you. The weirdest people. Like I used to work with auto dealers, and I feel like I can handle any strange situation now. They are the weirdest clients. They will. Scream. So the auto dealer itself was weird, or because I was in that industry for 13 years. I the can general, agree with you. Yeah. The general manager. Oh yeah. Always, I'm probably going to make one or two mad if they hear this, but they're the most ego driven. Um, oh, they'll scream sexist. at you. They'll say the weirdest stuff because they know they can get away with it because you're trying to get them to buy something. So they like almost want to make you feel uncomfortable. Like they will make you wait for like way beyond your dignity, just waiting out there for the, even though you had a meeting. Um, I had one try to tell me like what I could eat at our lunch, like what I could order and stuff. And I was like, um, no. Yeah. So I had, I had one of the general managers. I said, why do you make what you just said? I said, why do you make them wait? He said, it's called posturing. I said, I understand posturing, but that's not posturing. You know, you're belittling them and you're wasting their time and your time. Get them in, find out what they have and, and help them. Yeah. You know, it, it, and this, here's why I think though, Alicia, most of the car industry sales is a dirty word because they it's i mean they have learned from some of the worst yeah i'll give an example joe gerard everybody always oh, the best salesman in the world read his book his book says he would lie to customers hold them he'd give the script of how to lie to them oh my god and joe gerard was one of the worst i don't care how many cars terrible oh and, then, and some of the greats even of their time the tom hopkins and the brian tracy's in their time they gave good techniques, but those that era is over. And people are in a post-trust era. They really want to know, 
they won't. They are going to move on emotions. They're going to do their own homework with Air Michu in most cases. You bring up um, something that I have talked about quite a bit lately, that there are different levels of awareness. It's something that comes up a lot in marketing. So when people are already used to one way of positioning things, then it's not interesting anymore, right? So you have mm. to find another, like they're savvy. They're savvier. Buyers are savvier now. So yeah. Um, like the 80s was definitely ABC always be closing it's not <laughs> like that anymore. And then there was like the era of spin selling when it was like, oh, if you get somebody to say yes enough times, they'll say yes at the end or whatever. Um, and people just become savvy to those things. They become savvy to the techniques. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's again, you need to look at if something's working for you. Great. But could you do better? Could you could you bring in a new way where you are truly serving and feel better about it? Um, uh, and also just be a student of sales, I think is very important. I would definitely say to go to AliciaBar.com, check her out. But become a student of sales. When I first started selling, my first and I sold throughout my teenage years, but when I first sales job was at a Toyota dealership. And um, luckily I had a great mentor that was helping me. But I bought book after book after book. And one of the books I still have. This is funny. i got to show this book. Now, everybody can go and buy this book. This stuff's outdated. Don't use it, please. But I keep it here almost as a reference point. And it was Unlimited Selling Power. Mm. How to Master Hypnotic Selling Skills. Ooh. Yeah. So, but for a 20-year-old, it's like, yes, I'll learn all the secrets. Yeah. But the problem is that worked. 20 plus years ago. Today, you really need to learn how to build that rapport and how to give somebody hope because we live in a hopeless world. And that is very... Well, in a world where we've all been screwed over. So, I mean, people have been burned before. So being able to have the empathy for them and then be able to communicate how they're not going to have that experience in a genuine way. As long as you're coming from a genuinely helpful place, nobody minds what you're asking and getting to. You just want to help somebody. It's true. It's true. So selling is not a dirty word. I love it. I think selling is, uh, I've said it before, selling is love. If you really care about somebody, you want to bring them the best, period. I'll have to sell my daughters on taking their vitamins. I have to sell, you know, we're always persuading people. And one of the ways we do it sometimes is questions. And I think questions, which is something we didn't dig into. We're going to do another call because I really want to get into some Um, questions. All about those questions. Yeah, that's how you get them to sell themselves. Exactly. If somebody sells themselves their own idea, if it's their own idea, they cannot negate it easily. So how do you get them to sell themselves? By asking the right questions where they have that aha, that epiphany moment. Exactly. You understand me, Alicia. And if you understand me, you must have the solution. Exactly. I've enjoyed this. I really have. Um, any, any parting thoughts? Uh, obviously, if people want to pick up the six sneaky sales mistakes, then they need to jump over to your website. But is there any other thoughts you'd like to leave? Uh, I mean, I, I am launching my course finally in January, The Secret Art of Subtle Selling. Um, I mean, parting thoughts, I would just say, um, you know, a lot of people have had an experience with a bad salesperson. So they go 180 in the opposite direction. 
and they don't do their themselves justice. They are like under embellishing themselves if possible. And you're not doing anybody any favors. If you really care about the delivery on the, on the back end, then you're doing them a disservice because they're going to be sold by someone who's better at sales and worse at delivery. That's very, very good point. Awesome point. That's amazing. Um, Alicia, thank you for being on. I really appreciate it more than you know. This has been great. Probably a year now we've been, I've been following you on Facebook. And I'm like, I got to get her on the show. Um, for our coaches, consultants, course creators, everybody that wants to learn how to make a lot of money helping a lot of people, our Wealthy Coach 2.0 case study is coming out. And so that is, we are now in the one for December. We have another one coming out January 1. We're going to take 10 people, get them to six figures as quick as possible and help scale from there. If you want to know more about that, then jump over to howtosellcoaching.com. If you are not a coach, but you want to learn more about client attraction, then you can also jump over and get on a phone call with me. We'll do a free coaching session. And it is truly a coaching session. Yes, I'm going to ask you some questions. Yes, I'm going to ask you where you live. We're going to have some rapport building. But we're really going to get to know you and see if we can't help you. It's just a phone call. Again, no pressure. Callwithwayne.com, and we'll schedule that. Um, Alicia, thank you again. And all of our audience, hit the share button. Alicia needs somebody else to see this message. Appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks again for listening and be sure to pick up your free resources to help build your coaching or consulting practice at howtosellyourcoaching.com.